Hi, church. We're so blessed that you could join us today. You know, before I start the word today, I just want to say that John and I are so truly honoured and grateful for the opportunity to serve you every week. Yeah. You know, we're uh, grateful for your faithfulness. We're grateful for your faithfulness in joining us online, your faithfulness in participating in the worship, oh. your faithfulness in celebrating the testimonies, yes. your faithfulness in sowing your seed and your faithfulness in receiving and applying the Word of God every week. And uh, just saying that, you know, it's an honour for me to uh, give the Word of God today. You know, I, I love how the Holy Spirit speaks. Um, in fact, earlier this week, I was out uh, for, for a lunch meeting. And when I came back home, John was in the office. He was preparing. And uh, I, I, I just felt the Holy Spirit speak to me and said, get ready to take the word this week. And as soon as John came out of the room, he's, his first question to me was, honey, do you want to take the word this week? And I knew straight away that the Lord had spoken to me before that. And so I couldn't say no. So I said, yes, I will do it. And so here I am today. It is truly an honor to be able to stand in the pulpit um, and, and give God's word to you today. And so I pray that the word today, um, every person that is watching will experience life and truth Amen. through the word today. Amen. And so... Yeah, how many of you have been enjoying, how many of you are enjoying this uh, Kingdom Dynamics series? I mean, it's so amazing. I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying it. And uh, so I just feel like I, I, I need to just continue with that, um, with what John has built so far. And it's been phenomenal. And so today's uh, message, the title for today's message is Kingdom Focused kingdom focused and uh, when you are kingdom focused what it really means is that the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God becomes your major priority it is your priority the kingdom of heaven the kingdom of God that's what it means to be kingdom focused and so um, we don't need to look um, far to see an example of what it means or to be kingdom focused. We look at the life of Jesus. That's what he displays. You look in the word and the, in the ministry of Jesus and his life, he displayed that because it was his priority and his purpose to come and establish the kingdom of heaven here on earth. And so I truly believe that as believers and as believers of Jesus Christ, we have received his Holy Spirit. His Holy Spirit lives in us. And so I believe that we have received also the grace of God to be able to model the same that Jesus does, um, that he has done. We are able to model it as well. And so we look at his life throughout his, his ministry. It is always about kingdom first. It is kingdom first. And so um, that is a great example because the, the, the greatest example that he ever uh, gave us was giving his life for you and me. The greatest example of being kingdom focused was laying down his life for you and I. I mean, it was to fulfill the, the will of the Father, you know. And so he laid down his life. And in John chapter 10, 18, he actually says, no one takes my life from me. I give it up willingly. Wow. That is a statement of someone who has kingdom in mind first, who is kingdom focused. And so 
He laid down his life for the love that he had for you and I and to, uh, for his Father in heaven. He laid down his life. That is love and sacrifice displayed. He displayed that on the cross. And so I believe that you can't be kingdom focused without love and sacrifice. And so I, I, I love uh, the series that we're on right now because I truly believe it's phenomenal. This kingdom dynamic series that we're on right now, it's been a huge blessing because I believe that people who are kingdom focused have found this new love for the kingdom of God that they are willing to say, I will do anything for the advancement of the kingdom. And, and, and this is what I believe this, this series has really helped those who have the value system, who believe that they are called for this purpose, which is to manifest the kingdom of heaven on earth. And so what does it mean to be kingdom uh, focused? It means that there is no more self there's no more self. There's no more focus on self. Um, what I mean by that is it is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. You know, it is no longer self. It is more kingdom focus. No more uh, self focus. It is kingdom focus. And self died on the cross with Jesus over 2,000 years ago. And that's why we can say that it is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And uh, he displayed that for us, and it is phenomenal. And we get to partner with him in manifesting this amazing kingdom of heaven here on earth. And uh, um, another example that we can look at from the life of Jesus in the Word is seen in uh, Matthew chapter 14. And in that uh, chapter, there's a story about how uh, John the Baptist was beheaded. And so um, the, they found out that he was beheaded. The disciples went to the prison to take his body and bury it. And after burying it, they came and they told Jesus about it. And in hearing this, now you need to understand that he's hearing the news about one of his closest friends has just been killed. And so in the, in the Bible, it says that he decides to go into a private place because he wanted to be alone. But in doing that, the crowds follow him to where he was going. And it was his desire to be alone, whether to, uh, to just sit and think about his friend and remember his friend. Um, and, but he wanted to be alone in that private place. But because the crowds came to him, he decided that self was not the focus at that time. He decided to put self aside and he came and he ministered to people and he healed the sick. I mean, it's, it's phenomenal. When you think about that story of how um, he, in that story, he actually uh, fed 5,000 people, more than 5,000 people. And because the crowds came to him and he decided that this is not, he's not going to put himself first. He's going to focus on the kingdom and be a blessing to the people that came to him. And can you imagine if he had not done that? On that day, he decided to be kingdom focused. I'm going to keep saying this word until that's all you'll remember today is kingdom focused. He decided to be kingdom focused, put aside his desire to be alone and, uh, and, and, and love on people and minister to people. And by him choosing to do that, by him choosing to be kingdom focused, 
Over 5,000 people were blessed. Over 5,000 people were fed that day. Over 5,000 people's lives were touched that day. Over 5,000 people's lives experienced the love of God that day. But that only happened because Jesus decided to not put himself first and his need to be alone, but he decided to be kingdom focused and love and serve the people that came to him. I mean, imagine the example that he set for his disciples. Because even the disciples would have been mourning as well because it was their friend as well that had just been killed. But looking at Jesus, looking at Jesus and how he responded to the situation, that must have encouraged the disciples as well. And I, I want to encourage you today. I mean, you can look at your life right now. You can look at your situation. You might be going through situations right now and struggles right now. But Imagine what can happen if you today decide to put self aside and focus on the kingdom and be kingdom focused. How many people can be blessed because of that one choice that you decide to make today? How many people's lives can be transformed because you choose to not put self first, but you focus on the kingdom? How many people can be set free? I mean, you can just go on and on. It is powerful. This is powerful. When we decide to say, God, your will, not mine. Your kingdom, not mine. Your life, not mine. I mean, it is no longer I who live. Jesus is literally living in us and manifesting out of us. And that's why I said, you know, it is definitely possible for us to model the life of Jesus here on earth. It is possible for us to focus on the kingdom, to love on somebody else, to love and serve other people. You know, you might be going through a lot of stuff right now. People are in different situations, but I would like to encourage you today to just make that choice. Make that choice and say, God, your kingdom, I'm going to focus on your kingdom. And, you know, last week, John spoke about it. He taught us last week what happens when we put the kingdom first. Seek first the kingdom and all these things shall be added to you. It is so amazing that we get to live this life that we don't have to worry about anything because our Heavenly Father takes care of us. It is so powerful that we can live a life where I choose to lay my life down for somebody else because Jesus chose to lay his life down for me. You know what uh, we love about our church family is that we have some amazing people in our church and uh, they all have their own unique story. They have their own struggles, but Life Church Global, what would set us apart? What would make us different is that if we choose to set ourselves aside and focus on the kingdom. Wouldn't it be amazing to be the first church to have people who are only kingdom focused, who are only concerned about the, 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 the kingdom and everything else? Because we know and believe that when we put the kingdom first, everything else will be added to us. I mean, what would marriages look like if husband and wife decide to put self aside and be kingdom focus. What would families look like 
what would families, what would church look like <laughs> if we were to choose to put self aside, if self was not the focus, but the kingdom was the focus? I mean, this uh, Kingdom Dynamics series has been an absolute blessing. And, uh, I, and I've said this, you know, we, we know that people are being blessed. We know, I know that I have seen a new side of the kingdom that I've never seen before. I have fallen in love with the kingdom of God again and again because of this teachings, the teachings that we've heard and the word that we're receiving during the series. It's just so phenomenal. And uh, God sees your love. God sees your sacrifice. He sees the need. And that's why we need as a church to really believe that when we do the word that was preached last week by John, that when we do put the kingdom first, all these things will be added to you. Whatever your desires, whatever your needs are, whatever your dreams, God will add to you if you put the kingdom first. The kingdom first. Be kingdom focused, you know. And so when you do that, the breakthroughs will come. He will meet your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. He will meet your needs. And so that's why it's so amazing that we can have a family, a church family who really believe, who would take the word and believe it and stand on it and say, yeah, that's what I'm going to do. I am going to make a choice today that I will focus on the kingdom, that I will put the kingdom first in everything that I do, not just in one area of my life, but in every area of my life, I will choose to put the kingdom first. And in doing that, God will add and add and add and add to you. You know, that's our purpose. That's our purpose. That's our focus is to manifest the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven. You are a carrier of this atmosphere. You're a carrier of this realm of possibilities, this kingdom of heaven. You are a carrier of that. It is a realm of possibilities. We believe that. And so wherever you go, Life Church Global, wherever you are, it is possible. Whatever, anyone who comes around you, who comes next to you, who is with you, will experience this realm of possibilities because you believe that the kingdom of God is in you and is your purpose to just manifest it in the physical realm. That's what you're doing. You're believing that you are a carrier of heaven, you are the carrier of the presence of God, that you are a carrier of this atmosphere, this beautiful atmosphere of God, His presence, that wherever you go, nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible. I mean, that is your testimony, that the goodness of God is only going to manifest out of your life wherever you go and whatever you do. And that's why, I mean, uh, uh, if you are part of our, of our church and uh, we have anyone coming into our environment who might need a job, you know, we're so quick to say, it's okay, I release one now for you. Yeah, come on. When someone who is not well or someone who's sick comes around us, it's okay, I release healing now. In fact, I heal you right now. You know, you may have a bad report from the doctor. Don't worry about it. We cancel it right now. Why is it so possible for us to be confident in releasing those words? Because we believe that the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven is in us and we manifest that 
into reality, into the physical realm. And so we create jobs. We release jobs. We release healing on people. We cancel reports. And we just change things that are not according to the will of God for your life. And so if you are watching us right now and you are in a situation that does not represent the kingdom of God, I change it right now in Jesus' name. I release it right now in Jesus' name. And so, you know, I want us to go, actually go, go to the Bible now. Let's open our Bibles and go to Matthew chapter 16. Matthew chapter 16. Okay. And um, we're going to focus on a few verses, which is verse 21 to 23 uh, later. But I just want to just uh, talk about the events that happen uh, before leading up to this passage of scripture, okay? Leading up to verses 21 and 23. Now, every time I read the word, and I, I, I think I've mentioned this before also, is that I picture myself in the word. I picture myself as one of the characters in the story. And so I, I just imagine what it must be like to be a disciple of Jesus, to hang around Jesus, to see him, do, to do life with Jesus, you know, I, I imagine and I, and you know, this Jesus, he's a straight up guy, you know, he is, he, he speaks the truth and that's because he is truth. And so whoever he is will manifest every time he speaks. Okay. And so I'm picturing myself now as a disciple. He's, they are, they, they are with Jesus everywhere he goes. And um, there's crowds around them all the time. And I can imagine that the disciples must have heard some people talking about Jesus and his ministry. The not so good things about Jesus, you know, and especially from the scribes and the Pharisees or even the Sadducees. And uh, because these are the people that were always against Jesus. Who, who, who always opposed Jesus, who challenged Jesus. And so you can imagine now the disciples, Jesus is performing a miracle and they can hear someone who is speaking against what Jesus is doing, you know. And so um, here in chapter 16, um, the Pharisees and the Sadducees come to Jesus. The, in the beginning of the ver- uh, chapter, the Pharisees and the Sadducees come to Jesus and they ask him for a sign from heaven. And uh, you must understand the, the, the Pharisees and the Sadducees are two different groups of Jews. Okay? They are two different groups of Jews and both groups do not see eye to eye. They do not see eye to eye. They don't even agree to how the scripture is read, okay? So here are two different groups of people who disagree on many things, but yet they decide to come together for the sake of trying to trap Jesus. (laughs) Two different groups of people. They both don't see eye to eye. They both don't even like each other, probably. They both uh, see life differently. They believe their belief system and the way they do, probably totally different. But here, because they are so uh, against what Jesus is doing and they're trying to trap him, two different groups decide to come together and try and catch him out. Isn't it amazing how, it's interesting actually, how offense and hate can unite a group of people 
who between themselves are divided. Yeah. How, how interesting is that? That you would have that something like offense and hate can unite a group of people. Okay? And so here in chapter 16, you see the Pharisees and the Sadducees come up to Jesus. They show us a sign from heaven. And Jesus replies by giving them this answer. Um, but as he does usually when people like this ask him questions, he just gave an answer and he walked away. And his answer was, the only sign that you will receive or the only sign that you will see is the sign of Jonah. And then he leaves. Okay, and so Jesus now leaves the Pharisees and the Sadducees and goes straight to his disciples and he warns them. He's warning now. It's, it's, uh, it's very rare that Jesus would use, we will see this word of warning that Jesus is warning his disciples. But in this case, he's saying he's warning his disciples about the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And the disciples, clueless about what he was talking about, they thought that he was talking about bread to eat. Because in the previous chapter, at the end of chapter 50, uh, 15, they had just finished feeding 4,000 people. And so there were leftovers from that. That was a miracle in itself. And so when Jesus said, you know, uh, warn them about the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees, they thought that he was talking about bread to eat, but he was actually warning them about spiritual things that allow them to, that, that are feeding their soul. What they feed their souls with. That's what he was warning them about. And um, Jesus was warning them about absorbing the teachings of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And as I was reading the story, I, was, I asked myself, why would Jesus ask or warn his disciples? Why would Jesus warn his disciples about the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees? Unless he knew that even though the disciples were with him all the time, it is possible for them to be influenced by what the Pharisees and the Sadducees are saying. It is possible. We can come here every week. We have our online service on Friday. We are sowing the seed of the word of God into you every week. And you're saying, amen, you're believing it. But it's possible for you to be influenced by something else, by another seed six days of the week. It is possible. It's possible. It's in the word of God. It says that it's possible for seed and wheat or wheat and tears to grow in the same ground. It is possible. It is possible for a person to allow good and bad seed into their heart. That's why we love heart. We love dealing with the heart. We love doing heart surgeries because we believe that that is not our purpose. We believe that we are good ground. We receive the word of God. We receive good seed and that will manifest out of our lives because that the good seed, the God seed is what will help us advance the kingdom. That is what will help us manifest the kingdom of God. So it's really important for us to be conscious of what seed we allow into our lives. The fruit in your life is evidence and manifestation 
of the of the seed that is inside of you. Yeah. You know, you can a person knows what what tree it is by the fruit that is hanging on that tree. People know the fruit that is bearing in your life and manifesting in your life. They will know that it is good seed because you are producing good fruit. Okay, you're manifesting good fruit. So what fruit are you manifesting? (laughs) What is your life testifying of today? You know, you, um, you can say that you are a mango tree. But the people around you are tasting sour grapes. Because what is inside is not manifesting. It's manifesting something different. What you're receiving is not of kingdom because that fruit, fruit speaks. Yeah? The fruit in your life speaks. And so just like the, uh, Jesus warned his disciples about the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees, we need to be careful also of absorbing the law of absorbing offense, of absorbing bitterness and unforgiveness and just allow our souls to be fed by the word of God and not any other seed. And so, you know, immediately after he warns his disciples, he asks them a question. So who do men say that I am? Who do men say that I am? And they answered him saying, some say, you know, John the Baptist, some say Elijah, some say Jeremiah or one of the other prophets. And then he says, but who do you say I am? And Simon Peter answers and says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus replies, wow, blessed are you, Simon, son of Barjona. Blessed are you because flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven. And so the story goes on and we will pick it up from verse 21. And uh, verse 21 on to 23, this is what it says. From that time, Jesus began to show to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised the third day. Then Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him saying, far be it from you, Lord, this shall not happen to you. But he turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. You are an offense to me for you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. And so that word there, show, from that time Jesus began to show. That word show in the Greek means expose to the eyes. Expose to the eyes. So um, some of you will, will, will know what I'm talking about when, when I say this. It is a different, it, it's different when you're listening to an audio of a movie than actually watching the movie. Yeah. Okay, so this is, the, this is the, the story saying that Jesus showed his disciples what he was going to go through. And so I'm imagining now that Peter here has now seen exactly what Jesus is going to experience. 
the details of it, the gruesome details of him being beaten, being killed, being hung on that cross, all of that is now exposed to the eyes of the disciples. And I can understand why Peter would respond the way he responded by taking Jesus aside and saying, hey, dude, I don't think this is going to happen. There's no way, Lord, there's no way this is going to happen to you. But Jesus responded to him and said, get behind me, Satan. That word Satan there in this passage of scripture means adversary. It means adversary. Now, adversary means anyone who goes against the will of God. Anyone who goes against the will of God. In the same way, anything that opposes the will of God comes as an adversary of God. And so we can read the story and think, oh my goodness, there is nothing wrong with what Peter did or what he said. Nothing wrong. He had good intentions. I mean, now when Jesus was talking about what he needed to do and, and how he had to go to Jerusalem... The details of that it was exposed to the eyes of the disciples. And so now Peter, seeing what Jesus was going to go through and the love that he had for Jesus, he decided to pull him aside and try to convince him, think of another way. Think of another option. There's no way you are going to go through this. And Jesus' response was, get behind me, Satan. And this is the same Peter who just a few verses earlier said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. I know Jesus. Peter knows Jesus. He's done life with Jesus. He's hung out with Jesus. He's ate with Jesus. He's, he's eaten with Jesus. Sorry. He's eaten with Jesus. He's done life with him. So he knows Jesus. We can say that he really, really knows him. But he doesn't know the will of God was for Jesus to go to Jerusalem. And by him taking Jesus aside and saying, no, this is not going to happen, was Peter opposing the will of God for Jesus' life. You know, when someone is not kingdom focused, they will not understand why you make certain decisions. They will not understand your new way of life. They will not understand your transformation. They will not understand why you sow into the kingdom of God. They will not understand why you serve the way you serve. They won't understand why you don't do the things that you used to do before. They will think that you are mad. They will think that you've lost your mind. Okay, let's just read verse 23 again. But he turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are an offense to me, for you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. And in, in another translation, that word offense means stumbling block. It actually says, You are a stumbling block to me. And so here we see Peter, who we thought was a good guy because he did not want Jesus to suffer and die. But he actually became a stumbling block for Jesus and the will of God for his life. And so, um, church, um, I just want to share this. I want to say this, 
that people can come to you. They can come and suggest things to you. And sometimes it might even be good intentions. But you need to ask yourself, is what they're suggesting the will of God for your life? Is it the will of God for your family? Is it the will of God for your situation? Because even good intentions, please listen to me carefully, even good intentions can hinder the work of God in your life if it's not according to His will. Can I give you an example of that? Yeah, you can talk about marriage. The will of God is for you to get married. Yeah, okay. But you can't just marry anybody. Okay, you have to ask yourself, is that person the will of God for my life? You know, it's good. It's good intention. And so we can't be so naive and just go with anything that people suggest. You need to know, you need to ask yourself, is it the will of God? Is whatever they're suggesting um, adding value to the kingdom or is it only focusing on self? That's how you will know. Okay, you need to understand, you know, because here Peter was when Jesus asked, who do you say I am? And he was, he answered. I mean, there was no mention of any other disciple answering Jesus except Peter. And Peter's saying, you know, I know you are the Christ. And we have a lot of people who may say they know Christ, but cannot say that they know the will of God for their lives. There's a huge difference. You can be a believer of Jesus. You can believe in Jesus, but refuse to accept his will for your life. You can believe in God, but refuse to accept what he has planned for your life. And uh, it's all about kingdom focus. It's all about kingdom focus. Are you focused on God and his kingdom? Are you because when people come around you and it can happen, it's probably happened. You can probably relate to what I'm saying. People can come to you and suggest things to you. But if it's not according to the will of God in your life, walk away from it. Walk away from it. OK, it might sound amazing. It might look beautiful, but it's not for you. It's not for you. And so. We're looking at Peter's life and how he, he put Jesus aside, pulled him aside and said, you know, this is not going to happen. He probably did that out of love because he saw what Jesus was going to go through. Or it may have been even out of selfish reasons that he didn't want Jesus to go to Jerusalem and die for three days and raise, be raised again. You know, or out of insecurity and fear. That, but that, even if it's love, can oppose the will of God for someone's life. Yeah. And, it, and that's exactly what Peter tried to do. And so where do we see this same statement? Get behind me, Satan. It was in the story of Jesus in the wilderness. When the, the, the devil was, he was tempted by the devil and he's showing all these things to him and Jesus decides, I'm not going to have any of it because why? I am focused on the kingdom. Wow. I'm focused. Kingdom focus. That is my purpose. So I'm not going to have any of this. Even all the, the kingdoms that you're showing me, whatever beautiful things that you're showing me right now, I'm not going to have any of it because I know the will of God for my life. And I really want to encourage you right now that if you really were to sit down right now and look at your life, 
the, 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 the decisions that you've made in your life, where you are today, you can look back and say, was it because it was someone's suggestion and you just decided to go along with it? Or was it the leading of the Holy Spirit? You know, we really believe in the Word of God. God can speak. Holy Spirit can speak to you. You don't have to um, uh, depend on somebody else giving you an answer. We believe in our church that you have direct access to the Father. You know, you don't have to go through a man. You can decide, but you need to know His will for your life in order for you to walk in it. And so... Yeah, um, I, I believe that one of the biggest stumbling blocks nowadays is the fear of man. That in itself is an adversary of God in people's lives. The fear of man. And uh, the fear of man is so strong in some of your lives right now that it has allowed it to come against the will of God for your life. It has hindered the work of God in your life because of the fear of man. It has affected marriages, it has affected families, your business, because you've allowed the fear of man. And I really believe that even as I'm speaking right now, that people are being set free. The fear of man has to leave today. And I'm setting you free today that you don't have to worry about what people will say or think. You don't have to worry about what your neighbor has to say, what your community needs to say. Your priority is to hear the voice of God yes. and obey. Come on, come on. That is our value system in this church. Yes. Hear the voice of God and obey. Don't consider what people will think and say about you. You know, that is the fear that needs to leave. And I'm setting you free today. And I, and I really believe that if you do have the fear of man in you, you fully haven't experienced the, the love of the Father come on, come on. because love casts out all fear, yeah. all fear, all fear. And so, you know, some of you have allowed uh, offense and bitterness and unforgiveness to be an adversary of God's will for your life. And that's why you give up so easily. That's why it's so easy for you to throw in the towel That's why some of you are considering giving up on your marriage. That's why some of you are thinking of stopping serving, of stopping um, sowing. You know, that's why you're still addicted to what you're addicted to. Because you've allowed these things to uh, come against the will of God for your life. And it's your choice today to make. I encourage you that today I, I really believe and hope that this message is encouraging you, it's speaking to you, it's highlighting areas in your life that have become adversaries in your life. And I need you to just encourage you to just come away from it. Identify it, you know, believe that God is setting you free today from those things. And all you need to do is just change your mind. Renew your mind from those things. Renew your mind from that way of living. Renew your mind from all those things that are stopping you from experiencing the will of God for your life. And um, I can go on. You know, you can just, you, you know the areas. As I was saying those things, you, I know that you are thinking of things in your life that you need to renew your mind from. And um, 
one of the things that can be a hinder is uh, storms. You know, it's the situations in your lives that come to to um, oppose the will of God for your life and, and stop you from being kingdom focused. I, I, I could think of a story that's, that's in, um, in the Bible about how Jesus and his disciples were on the boat and there was a strong wind, there was actually a storm that came and Jesus is sleeping on the boat and his disciples come to him and say, we are going to perish. Do you not care? We are going to perish. I need to just say this, that storms, God does not allow storms or God does not send storms to teach you a lesson. That is not the heart of our Father. He doesn't send storms so that you can uh, learn a lesson. In fact, on the story about uh, the disciples and Jesus on the boat, the storm did not come to teach the disciples a lesson. The storm came to confirm that they did not trust in the one that they had on the boat. They did not believe in the one that they had on their boat. Because Jesus turns to them and says, oh, you have little faith. Oh, you have little faith. I mean, when storms happen, we need to model the life of Jesus and just sleep. <laughs> you know, I really believe that. That is Matthew chapter 8, and we, we see that. And uh, I, I, I believe that storms come not to teach you a lesson, but for you to just see what you have put your trust in or who you have put your trust in. You need to know that God is on your side. God is on your boat. God is with you. Jesus is with you. And so he's taking care of you. And in verse 25 of that same uh, story, it says that the disciples came to him and they woke him up and they said, you know, do you not care? We are going to perish. We are perishing. And But what does John chapter 3, 16 say? For God so loved the world, for God so loved you, that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. That's the promise. And here we have the disciples on the boat saying, worrying that they were going to perish. We have a promise that whoever believes in God will not perish but have everlasting life. As you're listening to me, and even throughout this whole message, you might need to even listen to it again, but I, I, I would encourage you to, to just identify what stumbling blocks. You know, you may have, you need to just search your heart right now and even see whether you have become a stumbling block that has opposed the will of God for someone else's life. Do you identify with Peter in the story that we just heard? That you, thinking that you, out of love, thinking that you are doing someone a favour or it is out of good intention, that you would talk somebody out of doing something not knowing that that was the will of God for their life. You know, I believe God has spoken to you 
to today's word. I, be, I believe that he is, that you're relating to what I'm saying and can identify one, uh, that you, whether you have been a, a stumbling block, like I said, to somebody else's life. Two, whether you have allowed offense, bitterness, blah, 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 etc., etc. Two, um, and even the fear of man to come against the will of God in your life. And I, I want to encourage you just to, to surrender, identify and surrender those areas into Jesus right now. Surrender it to God right now and allow yourself and your mind to be renewed from that. Turn away from that and repent from self-focus and choose to be kingdom focused. You know, that's, that's, that's my heart for us as a church. That we will get to experience and enjoy this life that we have. That Jesus came to give us life and life in abundance. That our focus, that our lives will testify of God's goodness. Because we chose kingdom. We chose kingdom. We chose to put everything else aside. We chose to put our needs and our desires aside, but focus on the kingdom of heaven manifesting on earth as it is in heaven. And so I want to pray for you. I want to declare uh, that this word has set you free. This word um, is uprooting some of those weeds and some of the tears that have been in your life, that you will not be influenced by any other voice, you will not be influenced by any other word, but only the word of God will go into your heart and germinate and bear much fruit in your life. That people will be able to taste of the fruit of your life and point to God and say, he is such a good father. He has shown his goodness to his children. And so I just want to pray for you and, and just close in prayer. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for this opportunity to serve your beautiful church. We believe that your word has fallen on good ground. We believe that your word today will transform our lives and that our lives will never be the same again. Lord, I pray that as uh, during this week that you would um, just your grace will be upon your people to identify the areas where they have been a stumbling block or where things that they have allowed to be a stumbling block in their lives that has stopped them from experiencing the will of God and walking and fulfilling your will for their lives, God. Yeah. And so, Lord, I just pray right now I pray that this word will go deep. I pray that people will um, experience your love during this time as they uh, uh, see your kingdom in a new way. And Lord, I just pray, Father, that as we focus on your kingdom, that you've called us to be uh, kingdom focused and not self-focused. I pray, Father, that everything, every desire in their hearts will be added to them. And so, Lord, I just speak a blessing over our beautiful church. I, I speak a blessing over your body, your people. And Lord, I just declare that this week will be a week of 
renewal, there'll be a week of, of healing, there'll be a week of restoration, there'll be a week of, of, of dreams coming alive again, God. And Lord, I just set them free today from any fear that they may have, God, the fear of man is leaving their lives right now, that they will experience the freedom that you came to give us, God. We release that freedom over them. We declare freedom. We declare abundance over them. And we just bless them in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. We thank you, church, for joining us. We thank you for uh, being with us this week. And I really believe that this word... Um, has encouraged you, has challenged you in many ways. And I, um, I just say that it is, has been an honor for me to serve you and to give you this word this week. We bless you and we'll see you next week.